0: <laughs> From Land Grand Brewing Company, <laughs> Columbus, Ohio.
1: Right in front, too. Just make sure to get a bunch of oh, snow, no. like Oliver and Mike. Olive. Yeah, I'm good at that. Oh, that's good. Did you like that? Were you recording that one?
0: Yeah. Land Grant Brewing presents Land Grant University. Beers
1: with a brewery.
2: Well, welcome everybody to the Thursday, March 4th episode of Beers with the Brewers. This week we've got another collaboration, Suco, and it's a Brazilian sour ale brewed in collaboration with Forbidden Root. We have today on the podcast myself, Mark, Adam Benner, hey. Walt Tequis, How's it going? Dan Schaefer. Oh boy. And very special guest this week from Forbidden Root, Brian Crajack.
0: Thanks for having me. Live from Chicago.
2: <laughs> so what's up? Who's got a beer in their hand? I've got an open beer. There it is. I've got a backup beer here.
3: Sunshine.
0: Life's good. <laughs> yeah. No, this is exciting. So as folks that have been listening to Beers of the Brewers or been on any of our tours at Land Grant, I spent a, a good amount of time in Chicago before moving back to Columbus and not too far from where I lived on, on the West side, a brewery opened up, I think it was the year, right when we left and moved back to, uh, move back to Chicago, not too far. Uh, you got, it's, it's Ukrainian village proper, right? Because that would be the, uh, the name yes. it, Brian?
4: Yeah, they, they dropped it, you know, it's now all, you know, they want it all as West town, but, uh. Ukrainian village by those who, like, still live over here, yes. So, yeah, and uh, a staple of the neighborhood
0: there. So, when, when we started hearing rumors that uh, New brewery is going to open up in Easton, and then when it was confirmed, I know I was super excited having, having the beers that really paired great with the restaurant that's on site, too, there at your spot in Chicago. But for those that have been locked in their house and not made it up to Easton, Brian, you want to kind of give a a background of, of your guys' story?
4: Yeah, um, a brewer and and uh, Robert, our owner, had met. You know, this is before my time, actually. Uh, they had met and they wanted to do something different. You know, this is before crazy wild ingredients were the norm almost, it seems like now. Um, and, you know, for so forbidden Rude, really, it was anything kind of, in the ground or grown, so, like, our our flagship beers were with lime and ginger and strawberry and basil, which uh, strawberry basil is still our flagship beer to this day. Um, So that was kind of the premise behind it. And then, you know, opening a a tap room in Chicago with 16 taps, you kind of had to do a lot more, too. And, um, you know, they set out to just kind of have a place, like, in a town, you know, really wasn't, like, meant to – the thought wasn't to be, you know, ever expand and or, like – you know, do that much distribution, it was kind of like, let's make a tap room in that area and have some fun with it, enjoy it, and then, um, you know, it kind of just took off and they, our area's been great with us, um, we love the people that live in our town, and then also people come from all over, you know, we're not far from either airport, you know, and if you're coming in town, you know, we're, we're one of the only breweries in actual Chicago proper. Um, you know, they, everyone claims Chicago and then they'll be like an hour and a half away. So it's not really hard to, it's not really easy to get to a, a bunch of the breweries. So it, it really did, you know, really did well. I, I was coming here for about nine months, eight, ten months. And the, uh, former GM, uh, was looking to move on and they, the, the brewer was like, we need a guy who knows about beer. And I, unfortunately I was crazy into trading and going to every brewery, uh, I look back at how much money I spent. I'm like, oh my god. Um, but yeah, so they, they sought me out, and they're like, hey, have you ever heard from Minrud? I was like, yeah, I was there last night, and the rest is history. We like, you know, came on right away, and it's kind of morphed into, you know, this whole thing where, you know, now we have Columbus, and they, you know, asked me, like, you want to do something else? And Easton reached out, and I kept flying out there, and we, we worked with some great people designing it out there, and, and uh, it's really taken off. Um, Easton has been awesome. I mean, we couldn't have opened at a worse time uh, with it being Black Friday and then, then COVID, obviously. Um, but, you know, it's Columbus has been just an, an amazing ride, and I don't want to talk forever. We can go into some more stuff, but we have all Columbus people that work there. Um, our chef did Barcelona for 17 years. And has now been there, and you know he's just an amazing dude. And the GM's from Columbus, and the Brewer, which I'm sure we you know know a little bit about, is from. Actually, did four strings, so people are like, "Oh my God, I didn't know he could do all these crazy beers." And it's really starting to uh, to blow up, and you know that's why it was super fun to work with you guys. Um, I'm sure we'll get more into that. That's kind of our small, you know, story of how we came about. Well, good. So this week we we are talking about Suko, and it's just a
0: little different take out of beer. Dan, you want to jump into what the inspiration and everything for the, the beer we're discussing this uh,
1: week? But I think the inspiration was we were all sitting in the beer garden having beers <laughs> and we were like, hey what are we going to brew? And everyone stared in their hands and I said, this is what we're going to do. And then we <laughs> did it. I don't think I had, had ever had a Catherine style sour one day sort of perusing the provisional styles and the BJCP um, most recent updates and I saw that and then I think they sort of get around on uh, the podcast with Stan Hieronymus but it is a style that's largely created by Brazilian home brewers, usually like around 6% ABV uh, 50-50 wheat and malt, and um, just a ton of you know delicious local fruit and uh, sort of moderately tart. And I, I thought that sounded super cool, wanted to try it. The, the kick with this one is we were trying a, uh, the Yeast Bay's Berkeley Hills Sour Blend. So it's a Macancia strain. So not Saccharomyces, definitely. That uh, sours first and then ferments, or at least that was the uh, intention. I wanted, you know, there are tropical fruits that are grown in Brazil, but they are grown other places, so I kind of wanted to avoid stuff like passion fruit and pineapple. Uh, but um, we got some uh, acerola puree, and some uh, feijoa. See, acerola is kind of, uh, I would say, funky apricot is probably the best description. Mm-hmm. And um, feijoa is a lot weirder. It's kind of like all the tropical fruits kind of overripe, then it has this weird cedary kind of background flavor i think all the the weird tropical fruits kind of have that in common is that there's a bit of a savory character to all of them Um, and then sort of to tie in with a you know the forbidden root general overview uh, i've been playing around with some brazilian pink peppercorns making some pickles at home and they have this great berry kool-aid flavor with that you know, the same type of earthiness that you get from standard black peppercorns. So I thought that'd be interesting to throw those in as well.
0: The description of the second fruit, I I don't know if I probably would have described this beer that way, but I pick up a lot of that overripe fruit and, you know, I'm I'm trying to see, I was trying to see if I could pick up that cedar as well from it, but it is, it is something that is, it, it is different than a lot of the other... Tropical fruit beers that we've done. You know, we've done some tropical IPAs, or even even the Southern Hemisphere pilsner that has those sort of flavors to it. But uh, it's it's definitely a unique take and really really juicy. I'd say you know you're getting a lot of that. Which that's that's where the name is, right? That's what sucos are.
1: Yeah, it's a Brazilian juice bar.
0: These sucos are all over in
3: Rio they're basically yeah juice bars and you know if you look them up if you do an image search and you you take a look at these things it's just like they're just piled up with fruit and they're they're selling these like you know fresh fruit juices and smoothies and stuff and so i think dan offered up the name um or at least in the in the original brewer's notes was in there and uh i don't know i thought it was a perfect name and then the art in the back just to get into the canned stuff. Like I literally found a photo from one of these, one of these juice bars and how they had all the, all the fruit stacked up behind the bar and, uh, basically illustrated that out. And cause I mean, the beer itself is just super juicy, super fruity, you know, it's incredibly refreshing beer. And I just really wanted that to portray that through the label. And, uh, yeah, I mean, Brazilian fruit is the name of the game here. And it's, uh, Pretty tasty, and yeah, that's uh, that's where the label came from, that's
2: where the name came from. Well, it is definitely juicy AF, which means juicy and fine. I'll have to say, uh, Adam, I'm wondering how many of these you'd want to have. And Brian, you're kind of new to this, but we got a thing where we try to decide how crucial
0: is it? quarantine? Edition. <laughs> so, you've given Brian the rundown of. Of how the How Crushable is. It? Oh,
1: yeah. Uh, he Works. was forewarned.
0: So if this is your first time tuning into the podcast, you have yourself a six-pack um, of, 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 of suco or, or any beer while you're listening. And in a regular session that you're sitting around, either by yourself at your house or maybe with a friend socially distanced away, how much of that six-pack could you comfortably responsibly crush? Is, is the idea. And and now we have the quarantine edition since you're not driving anywhere. And I guess in Chicago, you have better public transportation, so you could jump on the L and, and, and not have to worry as much about getting an Uber or Lyft. But we always recommend that if you are somewhere and crushing so <laughs> let's start
3: with let's start if with. you are somewhere and crushing, and crushing. You're somewhere and crushing.
0: <laughs> there's gonna be a lot of crushing going on with this uh the, the new roaring 20s or whatever we're gonna call this after after the end of covid i guess it's it's over in texas but we still have to deal with it the- <laughs> so uh so brian what would you say what's your what's your crushability so
4: well, you know what, it's, I think the crushability is higher on a day like today. Um, you know, this is a pretty, you know, we knew we being being like a late winter, you know, that's what I love about with the fruity and the earthiness of the, the peppercorn. Um, so it's that late winter, like early spring. Um, I did put down, uh, as soon as I got into town last time, I did put down two in a row, um, but then obviously I wanted to try some of our other new beers, so... I think I could easily do four without switching it up to something else, but then maybe coming back to it. That's kind of how, like, for a four. You know, we do four packs here in Chicago is kind of more the norm than the six pack there are in Ohio. Yeah, I would say easily four on a beautiful day like today when I'm sitting outside.
0: And you actually you handled that like a pro because sometimes uh, you do take into account would you want to finish even if you could you want to have a 6 a 6 crusher kind of afternoon you you might want to move to another beer so good uh, yeah four crusher four crusher four crusher Thanks for, for me yep four, four crusher right, well. for
2: Brian, the first crushability rating he's ever given i don't know for, for me this one's like right in that sweet spot for like a sour where it's not super duper tart
3: where it kind of eats at you a little bit so i think especially for a sour i would i would rate this one kind of high and with the ABV being, it's a little bit higher than like a Berliner, so I don't know. I, I think four is probably about right. I could go five if I was sitting outside and it was warm. I could do five, but I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna agree and say
2: four. All right, Dan. Pretend you haven't heard anything.
1: <laughs> I'm gonna stick with my original gut and um, say five. I really like that. The more you drink this, you get kind of an earthy spice. It sort of keeps it from getting you know, too sweet. In terms of tartness, it's—I uh, think it finished three-three somewhere in there, but um, it, it doesn't come across as super, super tart. So uh, yeah, I'm gonna go with a five.
2: All right, Mister Benner.
0: I think I'm gonna—I'm gonna—I'm gonna join the the the, the first two and, and go with the four crusher. It is something that yeah, 58 degree day out in the beer garden, I can easily. Crush four of these in a row. I'm probably gonna want a probably a super clean Pilsner. It's too early for a pool party, so I might have to grab a Field uh in the meantime. <coughs> but I, uh, no, I think easy four. I could see this being a five, but yeah, it's it's uh, the, the juiciness on this beer and everything that that it's bringing. I'm I am digging it. So
2: Mark. Oh, it's delicious. I'm not a big-time juice drinker to begin with. This is pretty damn good, though. I'll join everyone with a four on that. And I'd even let Dan twist my arm, since normally he's the one getting muscled
1: around here. Yeah, as usual, I'm bringing up the average for everyone else.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Did a good job. Yeah, we're at a four, a uh, uh,
0: little over four. We yeah, four and a fifth. Repeating, 4.16 repeating at the end. We're pretty math nerds out there. Yeah.
1: Oh, yeah. I would uh, just like to, uh, before I forget, or I guess we move on, thanks to Nick for uh, coming over and helping out with the fruit in a very um, kind of... Uh, COVID era screw up when we switched our production calendar over to the new year. We've got weekends that were sort of blocked off and so it looked like the day that I told him to come was uh, Tuesday but it was Monday. Anyways, the thing uh, we brewed the beer without him and I said hey, why don't you come over and uh, help me out with the fruit. So um, he did. It was a mess. I um, <laughs> There's uh some of, the, some of the fruit totes, because they, they shipped them frozen, were still kind of icy in the middle, so it'd be like, pour, 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 ka-chunk, and then, you know, tropical fruit waterfall splatter on your face. But uh, it was very much a long-distance collaboration of its time. I would drop off ingredients to him, and we'd kind of talk about it over email. And um, yeah, very happy with how it turned out. Covid style
0: collaboration. Well, that's and 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 those before your time, Dan. We actually our first collaboration, Nick, was uh, the old Ghidorah for the first Ohio Craft mm. or Columbus. Oh craft wow! Craft. Uh, it was. That's a throwback. We had it. It was us, swipe and four string, and we did a, a yeah peach saison, and uh, Dan uh, Dan or Nick helped through that. So, uh, that, and that was a uh, yeah. That that's that's a that's a way back throwback. So great great to see uh as brian said seeing him really flexing those brewer muscles uh at forbidden root and what he's what he's doing up there so well brian what 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 exciting things uh what, what do you do you guys have anything i know yeah we Can kind of dine in chicago going on like even even there and then we can talk east and what's going on in- yeah
4: we we actually uh are now allowed 50 people per room, or 50%. They love to put, like, the the link is 50% capacity, but really it's 50 people per room. We're lucky that we have two rooms. Um, our other room only sits 16, so we seat basically 66 here. Um, and and it's been been awesome. Uh, you know, we were actually... We didn't know exactly what to expect. We kind of ran out of here. Um, like... We had to like brew on the fly, and you know we hadn't had guest apps in a while, so we didn't know exactly when. We kind of projected that maybe we would get to reopen March first, but the numbers came down way farther than we you know kind of expected here in Illinois. Um, so it was great. I mean, you know, we we send a lot of the Ohio beer here too, uh, which which really helps. Um, but we kind of said, you know, we didn't know exactly what to expect in in Easton either. Uh, so I'll get into that. I mean, Easton on the weekends it is just which I know your guys' place on the Friday, Saturdays also crazy. I mean, it is it is pretty impressive how many people are coming out. Um, it's, it's been pretty awesome. I mean, we're getting a lot, you know, Easton's a little different thing than, than going downtown, but we get a lot of people from all over that are coming to check it out. And, and uh, you know, with the chef, um, and, and then now Nick, you know, Nick has gotten a lot of traction. He's doing a lot of the hazies really well. But he's also, like, really dove into the botanics, like, you know, we have a Kolsch that went so crazy in the tap room that we remade it to can. Like uh, you know, we have a German Hellas that has tangerine, uh, ginger and lime and is now like our new summer seasonal because it was the number one sell in the pubs the last uh last summer. So um super cool to see how that thing's kinda you know developed and and how we're doing. Uh we actually just launched our First year-round beer out of Ohio called Ohio High. It's a 5.7% hazy pail made with everything from Ohio. Uh, so we paired with Hop Yard 29, and I have to look at the other one. I'm sorry you guys might know, but it's a malt company there in Ohio. Origin Malts, probably. Yeah. Um, I mean, malt. yeah. yeah, Yeah. Origin yeah. Malts. Um, you know, we did it last year, uh, and it went – I shouldn't even say last year. We did it like uh, – you know, November—not even six months ago—and it went awesome. And we reached out to him and said, "Hey, you know, we really want to make like an everyday hazy pail that you can buy, you know, eleven bucks a four-pack, sixteen ounce, like in a store. Um, you know, you know, approachable on drafts." And super excited to launch that. Uh, I'm actually back in town to do to do a lot with that next week, so we're really excited. I mean, it came out it came out great. Uh, you know, admittedly, a lot like you know, people always try to do this the stuff of the state or the area and they don't always um, come out the way you want or the way you intend. But this, this came out, the hops were amazing. The malt and everything was amazing. And uh, we're super happy to do something like that, especially with a lot of people think it's, you know, it's a Chicago thing. It's not, it's literally two different entities in two different states that we just love doing what we're doing with the food and the beer and everything. So we're super excited at like, Kind of feels like we're reopening again, like even though we've been busy every weekend, like, but this summer kind of feels like, hey, we're here, you know, and Easton's been great with the patio and all that kind of stuff and allowing us to extend it. So we're excited to see what this this summer really spring and summer really brings. I mean, it's,
0: it's, it's one of the few places that I've been, went a couple times and sitting out on the patio and it's a whole, that whole new area of Easton and, you know, I think it's a great spot. It's great. We've got a lot of takeout from there too. Uh, Lauren loves going up there. So one of the things I think when you first came by the brewery and we were talking about training some of the staff on menu items and the thing that is so ubiquitous around Chicago that... I have a, a great example, and we're going to have to take you there, is uh, Mark had no idea what Jardinier was. And uh, that was what you, you know, I, I remember you telling me that, that, you know, it was on your guys' menu and training server staff and, and some of the cooks that it was a uh, foreign food to, to everyone, that they didn't really know what it was, so. Uh, right have you had Wario's steak what's the official name of that does anyone know it's Wario's
3: yeah Yeah. it's a Wario's steak and beef and ham or something
0: (laughs) pork and steaks maybe
3: yeah an
0: Italian they're cold cut and it's right across from the hockey arena and comes with Jardinere and that was Mark's first introduction to it and uh, I actually got him some from my in-laws in Chicago uh so he can have some, some some real stuff from your guys' city. It's a great treat. So, oh yeah, I'm it fully really trained. Yeah,
4: <laughs> it's it's hard, you know. I mean, they it, there's always stuff like I didn't, you know, not that it's it's not as hard to say, but I, I had no idea like pork and sauerkraut balls were a thing, or you know what I mean. Like it's 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 cool to see what different areas have. Um, but definitely coming over a jardiner and, like, training people being like, what the heck is this? <laughs> so, um, you know, and it's it, it's gone well, especially because it's on our burger. So people are scared right away. And they're just like, no, no, it's fine. It's not hot. Like, you'll be, you know, it's in a mayo, but normally it could be hot. So uh, it's gone really, really well, though. I mean, it's the foodie scene in Columbus, I think, as we all know, is really up and coming. And there are more and more small plates slash... Different ingredients in the same way. Suco has different ingredients in the beer. That's more and more. That's happening more and more every day uh, in Columbus, which is which is super fun to see. All
0: right. So since you've done the trip and probably flying too much or most of the time, when when folks when COVID's over and we can travel again, what would be your Columbus to Chicago road trip? What breweries would you make sure folks hit up? Ending ending at. Obviously, but what's your uh, what's your I seventy to sixty five, and you're probably spending most of the time in
4: in, in, in Chicago land. Well, yeah, obviously flying is fast, but there's two routes. One of them doesn't take sixty five. Yeah, so um, so yeah, but if you were if you're going to come up into Indiana, uh, a, a friend of mine just opened a brewery called Viking Artisan Ales. Um, super small sour brewery. Uh, you know, kind of in that fruited Berliner. Um, really, really cool spot. Uh, you know, there, there's some nice breweries and uh, you know, it's kind of like they consider the Chicago an area, like right, not far 18 streets, obviously really good right there too. Um, you know, but if you're coming to Chicago, I mean, the cool thing is like you can fly into two different airports and there's some really good breweries on the way down at, from both airports, you know, uh, you know, if you land at O'Hare, you're five minutes from microphone and Hubbard's cave, uh, which I know both get some small distro down in Columbus. Uh, you know, and then if you land at Midway, you can cruise right through uh, more brewing and then come downtown and you have places like us. Uh, I really like Cruz Blanca. Jacob used to be with uh, Goose Island, was part of the original Bourbon County team when it first started getting big, you know, 12, 13, 14, 15, and then went to Cruz Blanca, uh, does some really, really cool barrel. He actually does more barrel sours. Um, they're super underrated, but they're in the West Loop, so he doesn't have as much room, and they don't worry about bottling as much. They're a bigger, you know, tap room, same way with here. Like, we don't – until COVID, we barely packaged because we just worried about beers on draft. Um, those are some really cool spots. I mean, we also have some pretty epic beer bars, uh, Green Lady, Village Tap. Uh, you know, Link's unfortunately closed but should reopen at some point, um, you know, with COVID. But uh, it's really a great beer city. Um, corridor uh some other you know maple Maplewood is probably you could argue maybe they're making the best uh, uh also super good friends of mine um you know i'll bring them by they're gonna come out for a club at some point we'll bring them by there at some point uh but yeah it's a, it's a super fun town um you know you guys got to come over here and and, and do some by our place too when covid's kind of uh or, or if we all have some vaccines hopefully soon for all of us so <laughs> um hoping you know i know you brought up texas man i i I was talking with our staff. I, I was predicting by June that that it's completely open in Ohio. Would not surprise me.
0: Yep. Yeah, especially
4: in Ohio, they're going to argue that
0: well, everyone's got the vaccine. Let's open back up. And yeah, and you know, we didn't go through the shutdowns that Illinois did with with indoor dining still being available for the, the majority of it. Right. So we'll see. We got our fingers crossed. We can get past it. We we got a. Event request from someone who we reminded, you know, hey, we still have all of our guidelines in place. And he's like, Well, I was at X Bar this past weekend and people were dancing and doing all that. And I thought that the governor just
4: repealed everything. And we're like, Oh, no, no.
0: <laughs> this is, is going to continue to go on. This is what's happening. So, uh,
4: yeah, yeah, we're getting, you know, not to say any that much, but like, we're getting 15 people walking into Columbus and being like, What do you mean we can't sit? I'm like, that's not allowed. <laughs> and they're like, oh, we'll find somewhere that will. And we're like, okay, you know, it's just not – we're not going to break the we've, – we've gone this long of doing the, right. you know, doing the way you're supposed to do. And, you know, we've talked about that in, in Chicago too. It's like, okay, you know, now you can put up barriers at the bar. So, you know, as a staff, we said – we have a very small staff here with the way it is. I was like, if we're all vaccinated or at least the option to, then we will start opening as much as we want. But we're going to keep it six feet, wearing a mask, Keeping our people safe. It's not just about the guests, and that's what people got to realize yep. too. It's about our staff and talking to them, and, and we all agreed. You know, we're all hopeful to have the vaccine by the end of March in our industry, um, you know, in Chicago. So if we can come April one, and we can put all the bar seats out and have some minor dividers and do some more things, we will. But we're not going to do it just because the city or whoever says you can. Let's keep everybody safe too.
0: Yeah, I think that's that's the right approach, and. Um, you know, definitely, we're close. We're close, and right. uh, warm weather is is, is the uh, it's the tease right now. But uh, I, I I'm excited to to be able to to, to do that 65 to the or 70 to 65 trip and, and stop yeah. by. It's been it's been too long. So uh, I appreciate you coming on this week. This is a this has been fun. Uh, this has been a, a you know great great collaboration, and you know the brewers with Dan and, and Nick did a, did a great job on this. And, um, it was a fun and, and, and a first of, uh, first of many, because you know, we really, we really dig what you guys are doing over there. And, uh, and, and this has been, this has been great. So
4: thank you. Yeah. Yeah. No, thank you. I mean, you obviously were uh, a big help when we first came to Columbus and, you know, you picked up your phone if I had a question and all that kind of stuff. So you guys have been, super helpful from the beginning and we we will we will never forget that when it came to moving in over there and and doing stuff together absolutely we can't wait to you know see where this goes and have some more fun as as we all grow and everything and and enjoy this columbus beer scene i mean i I really was talking to somebody and you know we obviously all of us have seen the jackie o's plans like I, i wish more people knew like man you can fly right into columbus and there are Fifteen breweries within 20 minutes that are worth a stop by to go ask some brews, and I hope that word gets out there more too, and people really enjoy the the town because I, I couldn't love it love it you know more than I have, and 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 it's been so much fun with the beer industry and the and the food industry as as well. They're both pretty awesome in columbus so i think the yeah. key
0: word you said there is uh, within 20 minutes because that is the benefit you can get anywhere in columbus in 20 minutes so. <laughs> yep so, absolutely so. <laughs> well thanks brian for your time uh, thank you guys and, uh, yeah thanks everyone for, for tuning in and uh hey tip your bartenders come on out <laughs> right. hey, uh, see you cheers. guys absolutely cheers cheers, cheers. that's a wrap another hit episode Walt
1: all right